Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Redmen TV podcast It's back for a new season, 2017-18, number one. Chris. Okay. Number one is this podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, we've got loads of stuff to get through because there's been loads of stuff that's happened since we last did a podcast. What have we got to get through, Paul? Well, well, let's start with the Virgil van Dyke stuff because I wasn't going to discuss any of this on this, but we haven't. You're going to do this on some of the on the Reds transfer roundup this week. Um, that's but I, essentially, lovely paid subscribers, though, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, but essentially, I haven't. Uh, I'm not going to have too many opportunities to discuss this. I'm sure I will. You need to get it off your chest, yeah. day in day out. Um, so we were just wrapping up yesterday, and we were about to go home, and once again, a piece of Virgil Van Dijk news broke. So I jumped on and did a little news show on it. Um, so yeah. How, what are your feelings and thoughts on all this? We're still going to get him. You think so? Yeah. Case to expand? No, not really. Okay. Do we, do we need to? Yeah. Well, if I need to, I, I've thought all summer that we're going to get him. I really have. I think, you know, he's the number one target. He wants to come to Liverpool. Liverpool want him. It The, the, the crux of this deal is how Liverpool and Southampton speak to each other. Yeah. And whether that can... That can what be changed, I suppose, over the course of the summer. You know, we've had bad dealings with them this year. Um, they're obviously fuming with us. We are very sorry about that. If Southampton, if you're listening, um, <laughs> we understand the error of our ways. Yeah. Um, promise not to do it again. Yeah, promise not to do it again until next summer and next time you won't find out or whatever, you know what I mean? You know what? That's I, the way it is. It's like saying, listen, listen, listen. Virgil van Dijk is the missing piece of the puzzle. You know, if you want to do air quotes around it, by all means... Um, which means that Liverpool will be better in the next coming 12 months as a result, which means that we won't have to shop at your shitty club anymore, Southampton. I wouldn't use the expression shitty club, um, but just, you know, just intimate to them that this will be the last time because he's going to make us better. <laughs> then we, don't need, we can go and buy a better calibre of player from it. My God. Okay, maybe not that approach expressly. I would maybe go, I'd go in like this. Knock on the door. I hate Jürgen. Sounds. Sorry, sorry. They're open. You're Jürgen. No, no, I'm Jürgen of this. There's a knock on the door. It's me. Hello? Hi, it's Jürgen. How are you? <laughs> Hi, Jürgen. You've really adapted <laughs> this English language and patois very well. You have, you've got to, haven't you? I'm living amongst the scouts. I'm going to adopt it. Uh, so I've got something I need to talk to you about, uh-huh. and it's about how great you are. <laughs> okay. Right? So, boys, you're very good at scouting players. Mm. Now, listen, either... We buy Virgil van Dijk now, mm-hmm. uh, which would be lovely, by the way. Okay. Absolutely lovely. And I think that we should do that, Southampton. Okay. <laughs> and the reason that I think we should do that is you're very good at scouting players and you'll have £70 million in your bank. You could get lots of very, very good players. And we promise, and at this point you need to watch the video because I've got the fingers crossed behind the back that we won't be coming in for any more of your players. Yeah, I, I just, be, just, yeah, okay, that's that's sound. I think it's maybe more on the lines of listen, Southampton. I like the scouting thing that you went with there, but I'm more like, listen, lads, you're dead good at scouting. You're really good at spending our money really well, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But here's the thing: if we stop buying your players 
effectively there's going to come a situation where no one will buy your players. And you might think that'll improve the quality of your squad because you're keeping these players instead of playing at a higher level. Or is it because your players aren't good enough to be bought by us, so you're buying insufficient quality of players and therefore the reputation of your scouts is going to start to slip the problem into the with toilet. this is I've already got bored. Then they might get bored. You need to get to the point faster. Come on. You can do it. I think you're, you've, you're, you've nailed it. I think the approach is right. Get there quicker. I was polite enough to sit through yours. Yeah, I know. Thanks for that. <laughs> Just get you not now, does I can't it? even remember what your point <laughs> was. Just, yeah. Think of the scouts. That, that wasn't your point. Yeah, it was. No, your point was we won't do it again. No, my point was I want to make them think that they can do great stuff with our money. It wasn't clear. No. Well, that's because you're not as clever as Southampton. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, either way, I think Liverpool need to get this their act together on this one. My thing Maybe is, we're I'd... not the right people to be doing this. But then it's almost like we're just it's almost like we're just making it up. <laughs> yeah. Um my thing on this, I'm nowhere near as up. I'm not. I don't think this matters really that he's handed the transfer request in. I think it's. I don't. Can we have a? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, I. It might well be a step in the right direction towards enjoying Liverpool, but I don't think it really. It doesn't change the situation any. I think you're right. Going back to the start of, it's about just about how we talk to Southampton now because the, the, the situation the situation from Southampton's end and from Liverpool's end hasn't changed at all as a result of this all this has done is made it more likely that he'll join Chelsea or City it's made it more likely that he'll join someone but it's not made it necessarily more likely that he'll join Liverpool because the the problem is not so much because it we always knew Van Dijk wanted to leave it was known that Van Dijk wanted to leave. It was known that he wanted to join Liverpool. None of that has changed at any point during this summer. The thing that needs to change is Southampton's willingness to sell him to us. And it's just that case of it, what what this might mean is that I think there's a lot of people seeing the transfer request gone and are like, great, that means it's going to happen. I still don't see this. It's, I don't think it's going to expedite it anymore. I think if it's going to happen, I I would still imagine it'll happen. At the right at the end of the window, when it becomes clear that Chelsea and City aren't prepared to pay the valuation yeah, of Van Dijk, I think that's it. I think what it comes down to is we're probably going to have to spend ten million more than the others, or something. You know, a yeah. much higher figure. Um, and I think that's what it's always been about. To be honest, yeah. I mean, him putting a transfer request in just means that Man City, Chelsea, you're right, are going to bid, and then we have to go make that so that Southampton can't refuse our bid. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, yeah. and look, I think you know if you believe the rumours that we were in for Naby Keita, and they were pretty strong rumours, and everybody probably believes it by now, and that we were in for Virgil Van Dijk at the same time, then ultimately we've got about 140. If it means we have to spend 80 on Virgil Van Dijk to get that over the line, I yeah. think that that's given that actually the, yeah, not given that the Keita stuff is definitely not happening, it may yeah yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, 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 it's one of them, isn't it? It's 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 just the this doesn't put the ball in Liverpool's court anymore for me. No, not at all. Uh, maybe it gives them it, it gives them impetus. To just go and have another little conversation, and that maybe Southampton go. Oh, listen, fair enough. But if they're not soft, they will. They will probably do. In Southampton's situation here, they sit back, wait to see if any other bids come in, and then again, they just they, they go and get their replacements lined up if such things are. We are should be going for them as well. That Wesley Hoyt. I don't know whether he's mm. signed now from Lazio or not. Like, but I would be. I would be knocking on their door <laughs> and being like, listen. You know, we're going to sign Hoyt. No. We're going to sign Hoyt and Van Dijk. Or we could just sign Van Dijk. It's up to you, lads. Just say, yeah, we're going to go back. Who, you buy- Who is it you're buying? We hear you're in. This is the last of the approach. Hello, Southampton. Right. It appears that you're interested in. Dink, dink, dink. Hmm. How much are you going to pay in total for them? Well, as you may well know, we were prepared to spend in the region of 70 million for Van Dijk. We've got 140 million to spend. We could buy your players fucking four times over and then not even play them. So fuck you. Keep Van Dijk if you want. You shit show. We'll have your players that you really want instead. I like it. Fuck you, Southampton. You've nailed it, Paul. Uh, yeah, that'll do nicely. Um, so we've got to talk about. Hang oh, on, sorry. Before we before we do move off the Van Dyke stuff, there's something to be said for the amount of love Liverpool will have shown him. You know, if it comes to it and Liverpool are still bidding uh, after all of this stuff, and they and Van Dyke will know that Liverpool have dragged their own name through the mud on this, yeah. and for him, yeah. that should make Van Dijk want to come here even more. Yeah, the only thing about it is that clearly someone's told Virgil Van Dyke that they'll buy him. If he puts a transfer request in, the problem is it was John on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> Graham Kelly, uh, is that is if it's it, but there's no guarantees there's Liverpool effectively because he doesn't do that without someone saying because you know I was talking to someone about the, the Sterling thing uh, not too long ago and you know Sterling acts like a total knobhead because Man City have given his people assurances that there's going to be a bid forthcoming now Liverpool asked Gareth Barry to act like a bell end and then couldn't afford to spend the money to, to to buy him so there is precedent for Liverpool fucking this albeit under different regimes many many moons ago um so this is the thing. Someone has someone has given Van Dyke's people confidence that a, that a bid will be forthcoming because you not wouldn't... necessarily though. No, I think so. I, I'm not Go sure. On. I mean, the reason is I don't think anybody can categorically say whether somebody said they're going to bid for him. I think what ha- what he has said, and if you read the statement, is that he's been unhappy with the way that he's been treated. You know, and if you can take that on face value, and I think sometimes you do because sometimes you're just guessing otherwise. Yeah. We've had information. We've had no information about anybody tapping him up other than Liverpool back, yeah. back way way back when. Yeah. Now, but what we have got is Virgil Van Dijk saying the way that I've been treated and been made out to be the bad guy here isn't isn't right and I'll stand up to that and there are people in football who will stand up for their for themselves and for their own situation so although you're probably right yeah. I don't think you can say that I would agree with you if 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 that was all that he said if it if it was just him coming out publicly and saying I I'm going to contest the, the 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 wages that I've been effectively been fined and I'm going to stand up for my character blah 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 I would totally agree but it's the fact that he is that's not you don't hand the transfer request in there you don't have the transfer request in unless you know someone's going to bid for you because no, not, not, again, not necessarily because you burn your, you burn your, you effectively burn your bridges and he wouldn't then go out and say I want to play European football. There's no need for any of that to no, be, but to he, be said. He, he said that previously, hasn't he? And I think you know, if nothing else, isn't this just a big fucking arm in the air going hello everybody? Yeah. Clubs with Champions League football, I'm looking for a move to yeah. one of you guys. Okay, so because you've also got the thing where he's been he, they're looking at fining him wages and he disagrees with that and yeah. doesn't want to and doesn't want to lose money because of that so that could piss you off okay so you, okay so you're writing so much as i don't 100 percent know of course because that can't be said with any certainty but just from what we know of how things how the game is played and how business is done you a player will never ever agitate against this current club unless he's been given assurances that someone's gonna again come I, in again i don't think you can say that categorically i think you've said that mm-hmm. but you, you've also got to look at the fact that where was I going with that? It was something from the statement again. Uh, I can't remember. There was one particular line in the statement. Oh, fuck. I'll have to get the statement up. I'll cool. Get the statement up. Um, yeah, so I'd be interested to know people listening, what your thoughts are on, on the Van Dyke stuff. The best way to, to leave us your thoughts, I mean, you could tweet us and you could message us on Facebook and you could get involved on the, on the RedmanTV.com website. But best thing to do is leave a five-star review on iTunes and leave your thoughts on Van Dyke as the review. Just saying. I'm just going to throw that one out there right now. Um, gist? gist? Ballpark. I'm just, I'm just getting there now, to be honest with you. Um, but, th- you know, a couple of the quotes. As a proud professional, I'm insulted by the suggestion that it was me who refused to train, and so it feels important to point out the true version of events. Uh, I had very much hoped to retain the good relationship I've enjoyed with everyone at the club, especially the fans, but unfortunately, in light of everything that has happened, this has now been seriously affected. Oh, this isn't even the full thing. It's just BBC. It's out. I'm sure it's gripping. It was gripping. That's not, not going to be on That's just pictures of Virgin Van Should we move on? Yeah, let's move on. So, we had the German tour. We've, we, 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 we did Berlin together and we went our own our own separate ways. But later on, I want to talk about um, LinkedIn with the Virgin Van Dyke stuff and LinkedIn with Liverpool potentially having 140 million burning a hole in their arse pockets. Uh, the problem with August signings, which we'll come on to in a little bit. But I want to talk about the uh, a little bit about Germany and a little bit about Berlin mm-hmm. and some of your favourite moments and things that we've maybe not oh. put out on shows and what have you. Um, so I, I guess that we'll start from the beginning and the live show. Now, people who are subscribers on the website will be able to see a version of the live show it was it went better than i ever could have dreamed it was going to go so it was like 150 sellouts and there was probably another 20 odd plus people on the streets outside as well more than that i'd say maybe close to 50 on the streets it was mental absolutely mental we could have sold out twice over i think in the end because i was getting emails that day of people and you know i was just having to turn them around so we couldn't we can't unfortunately do it the place is full and when we first turned up i saw the room and i was thinking shit this isn't very big yeah 
this isn't very big and there's nothing in here what are we gonna do like you know what i mean and uh, we we basically got there we'd been traveling for 12 hours we get there and then we have to start moving furniture and andre um if you're listening andre i mean the whole thing's down to down to you mate we couldn't have done it without him andre's the chairman of the berlin reds and he's there trying to do set music up and he's moving furniture up and downstairs with us and we're, we're, we built the stage ourselves i mean what type of fucking artist has to build their own stage <laughs> yeah, yeah prince wasn't building no stage of his own no, exactly. i mean prince could ball but he couldn't build stages that's all i'll he say do a lot with balls um, so there was loads and loads of things there that you know we we had to get sorted. Like we we turned up and originally the idea was that we bring the equipment and sort ourselves out so that we can record it. And when we turned up, there was no there was nothing to connect our equipment with the sound system in there. And luckily, Tom had grabbed every fucking known wire in the studio, like everything to do with audio. He grabbed all of it. Yeah. And, I, and we actually had a conversation beforehand and I was going, do we really need that, Tom? And he's going, I just want to take it. And I was going, nah, I think I'm going to leave it. Mate. He's going, please, Chris, it's just a fucking wire. And I went, okay, it's just a fucking wire, but I'm not carrying it. And that's how that, and that's how the wire that saved the entire evening got into our fucking bag. <laughs> is that it come down to a fucking man on man, I'm not carrying it, then you can fucking carry it. And we fucking brought it over there, like. Amazing. That's fantastic. And it's the second time in a week that wire had saved us because it saved us during the Spirit of Shankly stuff as well, like a week the weekend before. I just grabbed that one wire. Didn't know I knew we didn't need it, but I just grabbed it just in case, like and it, it turns out it's a really good wire. It's a top tip top wire. Yeah, so I'd i uh, my flight. It's been... now always in my back pocket. <laughs> it's wrapped around my waist like a belt at all times to be uncoiled in, in case. Time. Yeah, absolutely. Um so I have the wire for that. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we I I I I've been down on the south coast with the family and flew in. There's a, obviously a video of me, me doing most of this, like, but the uh, to 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 get in, literally get off a plane, get throw bags in the hotel. There's a long convoluted story around that, which is dead uninteresting but dead stressful. Um, and yeah, to to get in there and do the last show was absolutely. But and the thing I loved I loved about it the most was I was a bit scared about the language barrier, which seemed to be fine because a lot of the stuff we did was standing up and down, uh, and, and and you know lifting arms up in the air and stuff, which is great. But the um, Didn't always work out though. No, but the um, but the, the when the Liverpool Legends came on, and basically we were like it was like when you go we were up and coming new band. And you you, you 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 you're really big. You've got loads of pro- loads of people turn up to see you, but your support act is like the fucking Beatles. We left that place absolutely bouncing to the point where they were they were like scared to bring the legends out because we'd made everyone so rowdy. And when they finally settled everyone down and put like a velvet rope in place to keep them away and keep them safe, um, most people walked out and started having a drink outside. And then by the time they finished the show. The place was half empty, which I just thought was hilarious because, I mean, like, Gary McAllister's sound and Laddie Smith's sound and Paddy Berger's sound and they're dead interesting lives. They play for Liverpool and they're much better human beings than us. Um, But we know how to put on a fucking show and we smashed them off the park. Yeah, I thought we were really good. I mean, it it didn't help that, you know, Tom was doing their sound and we essentially sabotaged them. Oh, yeah, LFCTV, you owe Tom some dough, by the way. Tom ended up, if anyone saw that and is complaining about their audio quality, that might be Tom's fault and that's maybe why money's not been forthcoming. But yeah, Tom got shafted big time. We were outside having a drink and chatting to people. This is like half an hour after our show's finished or theirs has started. And I was like, They've got Tom doing the audio. Should do something about this. Looks down a pint. Looks at like the, the throngs to people to to push through. Yeah, I'll leave it for now. It's fine. I'll, I'll finish this pint and I'll go and sort it out. And he was he was fine with it. Yeah, he was laughing. He enjoys it. He enjoys the stress. He, he works enjoy, better. He enjoys being angry and stressed out. Um, so the the, the 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 real funny funniest moments though on the on the the whole tour, let alone just Berlin. So we had press accreditation for the hair to game. Yeah, we did. And we had a great day walking around <laughs> the Olympia Stadion. And we'd gone in very hours early before on. The ex- game. Exactly. We went in very early on and then scouted out and there was no one there. Like there was no literally the security was pathetic at that time of the day. So we waltzed in, did what we needed to do, and look around, then decided to go and hang out and have some food, blah, blah, blah. By the time it came to like an hour till kickoff and we really wanted to go and get stuck in, we had 
no idea where to go, no idea what to do. And we ended up basically, it was like Spinal Tap-esque, like wandering through the bowels of the Olympia Stadium. At level minus four, if I remember correctly. Well, we were trying to find level minus four and we found every level prior to that. And then all of a sudden we were in this like, gully that runs yeah. alongside the pitch in the stands so if you've ever seen the video on social media where the guy like jumps onto the pitch and then has to jump over a gully to get back into the stands we were in that gully and it was like it was a good 12 feet probably mm. on the pitch level and you could just see a few fans sitting on the edge and stuff and we're wandering around and the gate's locked so we have to go back up through the stairs through the tunnels the mad tunnels open doors and set the doors go back up and we're like where are you going and you go down there we're like, we've just been down there the gate's locked and there's like did you try right? Did you try to right? Did left? And we went, we just side left. So we went out. Swat! So we get down there and the game's kicked off at this point, hasn't it? And it's just No, some... no, no, the game's not kicked off because they, they were all coming oh, out to apolog- warm up. Apologies, they they yeah. were coming out to warm up at this point. They were coming out to warm up and there's just a woman in the gully having a ciggy doing her job, like, who's doing the press release. The like, amount the of people who were in positions of power in Berlin football or German football stadiums who... Put this, move their cigarette to another hand to converse with me about something important was mind blowing. Like this, you're right. They were all stood outside, like, like the exit to the player tunnel. Effectively, four of them all having a ciggy, and she, she goes, oh. and she, she looks, puts a out, doesn't she? She puts a ciggy out and brings it inside, and it's still smouldering away. And she tries to put it out a little bit more. She sits down to work, work and away. Put with a ciggy on a desk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To carry on smoking at some point in the not too distant future. But we basically we got and people have seen the clips of this and that, but we got um, like. On the pa- on the pitch, photographer, videographer, bibs, didn't we? Um, which it was a hot day, anyway. Without having the five aside bib on top of you, on top of what we had done Absolutely, already. Absolutely, it was a good bib. That was a decent quality bib. Um, but just the the bit with like the fact that we're like three feet away from John Henry. There's a man who's not been to Anfield in in a year, and is and and, and let's be honest, Linda, oh, first experience of Linda. Linda. She's great. She's a lovely looking woman, isn't she? She's a great looking woman. I've said it before on this podcast. I'll doubtless say it again on this podcast. She's a lovely looking woman. But I had the realisation, of course, that you stood like three feet away from someone for whom probably their shoes cost more than your house or your ca- definitely your car. And probably this and that. It was, diff- it was a different world. Um, but yeah, there was that and just being able to want- waltz around. <laughs> just waltz around the place and just video stuff was it's it just, it's always just great fun and I realised that someone was taking a photo of Klopp sat down in the dugout and I'd put my bag behind Klopp's chair in the dugout and it was like a little glass roof wasn't it and I'm essentially photo bombing because I'm just up and down with my bag picking it up and I look and there's photos being taken of Klopp and I'm like I'm defo in the back of them like yeah. didn't even realise it was Klopp there was one that I'd completely forgotten about until just then it reminded me you said Klopp so we did the post-match press conference and um, we're like second row back and at some point during one o'clock answers, my phone goes off. Oh, the loudest a mobile phone Your can phone possibly is go. Always on silent. I, I never. Like, my phone is on. Is constantly on silent to like to my detriment at times. Never, never, never. But and I, I was trying. I rem- and it's one of those things where you see your life flash before your eyes. And I, I, it's like early on in the day, I'd gone to turn. I'd gone to turn my phone off, but in gripping it. I'd turned the, the I'd held the volume up button up, which had turned me thing up to maximum. But I was so annoyed and trying to turn my phone off. When the phone went off, it was job done. So I didn't even think any twice about it. And then when I turned it back on again, it'd obviously come back on at full volume. My God. Like Fuck, fuck, fuck. I got it off pretty quick, but it's one of those moments where you keep your head down for a second and, like, Liverpool's head of press is there and Jürgen's there, and it's like... And they're all staring at you, Paul. I mean, you know it. Don't make eye contact. Yeah. Don't let them, just let them get on. And the looks, you wouldn't have seen the looks they gave you, Paul. <laughs> Which mouthing wanker. Wanker. Uh, yeah, oh, my God, I wanted the air to swallow me whole. It was terrible. Oh, it was brilliant. And it was the best thing... The way was, I was sat, it was brilliant. I'd love to have been sat a couple of seats away from you, because they did have that little look at me as well and I was like yeah I should have just got F-O-M, mate. look around I can just look and pick another person to stare at incredulously what's well, funny I've got Melissa's number and James maybe I should ring them yeah yeah save their phones on silence well it's so funny so I, I, I rang me I rang me missus later on and there was a bad connection so I was trying to laugh with the saying because it was her who phoned me and I was saying you rang me in the middle of the press conference and because it was a spotty connection she basically thought I was blaming her and I got like 
Wow, that wasn't my fault. I was like, no, I'm genuinely like, I, I, I couldn't find this any more amusing. Like, because like, if it got me in trouble, I'd have probably had a different sense of it. But the fact that it rolled on nicely, I was, I was, I was ultimately cool with it. Um, one thing that that I want to, <laughs> I want to mention about Berlin because it, it feeds into the thing that I want to put in the bin, and that being Mexican waves. Yeah, like this is not a new thing. Mexican waves are a shit. Maybe I'm being unfair. Mexican ways, I think they've got the time and they've got the place. And the time and place is very much in pre-season. Um, or in Mexico, <laughs> say. D- um, different sports. Sure, <laughs> sure, absolutely. Um, now, the only... I I enjoyed the Berlin one. Like, I didn't participate. Um, but I liked it because they had, like, their their ultras almost, their biggest fans. And Conducting they've got, like, it. these fan conductors. And they're doing this thing where they're going, wow. And they send it off around the ground, and it was amazing. Like all the cheers went up, the more and more it got. And I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. The Aldi Cup, the people, those those bad mefs who were running around the pitch for the pregame flag waving shit, they had a bunch, they've obviously hired a bunch of people, and they've given them a section of the stand in the corner of the ground. Okay. So there's a, guy, a bunch of guys in black and white T-shirts. Bear in mind that this is therefore the largest congregation of any one particular denomination of person in the entire stadium for the Aldi Cup because the Liverpool fans and Bayern fans are all over them. They're spread out all over the place. And they were basically effectively paid to start Mexican waves. Wow, that's weird. See, my problem with the Mexican wave is A, it's badly wool. But B, I just don't think it's that difficult to do. And I think if you were to do a Mexican wave, let's say, on the London Marathon, and you tried to get it all 26 miles of the London Marathon with the fans down the side, now there's an achievement. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? If yeah. you can get a Mexican wave to go the entire length of the London Marathon, that's good. What you're trying to do is get a load of people in a circle to do it. And I think it's been done. Mm. I don't think it's that difficult. No, no, no. I I, I, don't, think, I don't think it's wool, but I think it's... it's 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 got a it's got a place. It's it, if it's in, if it's taking part in South America, I've got you know what I mean. It's a very South. It is just a very South American thing. And I know the Mexican wave would have you say it's more Central American. But you know you tend to see that at the Maracaná and all that kind of stuff. And like I said, I think it's got its time and place. It's definitely not a Liverpool thing. Um, it can't be a competitive thing for me. No, it's because because yeah, it's a bit too much. Like we're all in this. You should be too busy baying for blood at the pitch. To be looking at, uh, off away from the pitch to get your timing right on when you sta- when you stand up and sit down, effectively they are shit. Yeah, as you say, and I, I, binned, binned, Mexican waves fully bin bent, bent, bent in the bin and in the mersey. Um, just uh, so we we went our separate ways from from Munich and for uh, for well coming home effectively. Yeah, um, and we had two very different weeks off the back of it. Mm. How's you, you? You've had some you've had some website things to deal with. I've had a little bit to deal with over the last couple of weeks, yeah. Um, yeah, the website's launched now, brand new. Um, it's well better than the last one. Like, yeah. I mean, it just looks like a genuine new website. Um, and because it is, essentially. Yeah. We've had some difficulties, don't get me wrong. You know, we've got uh, a lot of subscribers nowadays and making sure that everybody um, has been ported over to the new site and some content's been put over there and stuff from the previous eight weeks and stuff it has been challenging, to say the least. But we, we didn't really have a choice in the matter. I was explaining this on an email to someone um, this morning, actually, that our choice was... We either find someone who takes over a new the, the old website because mm-hmm. the developers, as you, as you know, Paul, gave us essentially six weeks to find a new developer. Yeah. Now, it was all custom built and it was all out of Gary Hornet's brain, essentially. <laughs> and it was, you know, it was a bit of a Frankenstein website because over the years we've added little bits on. So to find someone who can learn that code and continue with that and actually make the changes would have been just completely wrong it would be the wrong choice but what it meant is we had six weeks essentially to build a new website with everything that we need and all the changes that we've thought to add over the last six seven years and amazingly near computers stepped in and have done this for us now daniel and luke near computers they're starting up a new business they've been unbelievable Mm -hmm. absolutely unbelievable the work that they've done to make this as smooth as possible has been incredible like yeah so i got absolutely annihilated at the Bayern munich game yeah yeah, that, that really pisses me off. <laughs> <laughs> it's good fun. Um, the yeah. So one of the things I loved about the and like I say, first and foremost, 
you've done a sensational job. I know in that. this in this last week, and it's on and it's ongoing. Um, as you said, the number of fifteen hour days you've put in over this, and uh, off the back, I've just reminded. There's a point to mention about Berlin. Let's just, not talk about that, Paul. I can't talk about that, Paul. I've got to talk about it. So we were. It was after the. It was after the Berlin game. We got back to the hotel and we started editing, and. Um, we were nearly done. Three of us sat in a, in a blackened courtyard and it was like the mood was up here. We were about to, we were jubilant. And then you dropped your phone on the floor mm. and the mood literally caved into a black hole. Yeah. And then you went Still dead. unhappy about that, to be fair. It was really bad. But um, anyway, the, the, what I thought was really funny about Munich was um, with the two games back-to-back thing, nobody was prepared for that. Like Liverpool weren't prepared for that. Napoli weren't prepared for that. Atletico, you know, no one was prepared for the but the the least prepared group of people were the fans because the difference between the first day and the second day. So we went to this point where like the first day was like the, the load of the German lads again. Andre from Berlin Red did arrange like people to get together and do a bit of a march and go to the get to the, go to Odeon's Platz station and travel together. Yada yada yada. The second game, we met at the same bar, and it was loads less no busy. No eye contact. Loads less busy <laughs> and loads less noisy. As and someone pointed out to me, see those fellas over there? They've not got the shirt on. They're like the old boys, the, the the old top boys of Liverpool. They know all the old songs and they do that. Normally they sing them all. I was like, did they have a bit too much to drink yesterday? Yes, I think they did. They were all sat there nursing a lager and all. Yeah, it was. It was like nobody. You just can't. The mental or physical preparation to, to go out. You just go big, you're away from home. Yeah. You're on away. You don't have to then get up the next day and do the fucking and, same thing. And the thing, thing is, it's not just one game of football that you're watching. Were you stood up or were you it was it all sitting? It this? was it was all sitting, but I stood up for the second for the second game. I, I was I was worried for you genuinely that you might have been stood up both games, both days. And I'm thinking, he's not got that in his back and his knees. No, no, no. I mean that's that's two games of football that's, back to back. Yeah. I mean, nineties good and nineties can be hard sometimes when you stood in one spot. Yeah. I'm thinking, poor dead. Paul's yeah. gonna Paul's not coming back. No, I got, he's got to stand up for both games. I got a good sit on, apart from when I took part in the obvious Mexican wave. Um but <laughs> no, it wasn't it was it was it was very much a, a seated occasion, particularly because the footy was really drab at times. Like, um, but yeah, it was great, and there's, there's loads of bits and pieces I'm sure will come out over there. I think we've got so the, the live show from Berlin is going to be on the website later on tonight or early tomorrow. The documentary of the tour, like Tom is dead. He's not dead. He's physically. Yeah, let's not do this again. Dead. Everyone thought Aubrey was dead because <laughs> we made like an epitaph video to him, like it was really sad music for Aubrey Reynolds and like the dates he was alive. Anyway, Tom's not dead, just to clarify, but he is really poor. He's, he's editing at home, but there's a documentary of the trip, so it's obviously got from you and you and him setting off from Liverpool to, to Manchester in the first end, and to me. Uh, me and him coming back later on in the week so that's going to be up by the end of the week as well so if you want to check that out it was it was very very good fun um so i promised it because the i asked i asked ben uh, ben kelly's been doing some some writing for us in, in recent weeks for an idea for an article and it was a, it was centered around liverpool's troubles getting certain deals over the line and i thought everyone's kind of because I keep seeing it, everyone saying, if it's not done by this point, I'm going to get, I, I promised I'd get that upset. I saw a message in the subscriber group. I said three weeks ago, if in three weeks' time it wasn't sorted, I'd kick off. And now three weeks is here, and I'm going to kick off, whatever. So I thought, well, hang on a second. Like, always eager to, to try and find a, the, 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 the half-full glass as opposed to any other type of glass. I thought, let's have a look and see what Liverpool's business has been like in August in the past. Because we all know Jürgen Klopp ideally wants his business done early. I think every manager wants the business done early. So I asked Ben to look into this with the notion I thought what was going to happen was we were going to he was going to have a list of like some absolute pearlers we pulled out in August and then I said go deeper than that. Go balls deep. Find out what Jürgen's done at Dortmund and because like if it turns out that he's been, he signed like Lewandowski and Aubameyang and all this in like August then everyone's going to relax. Yeah that's not the case oh, yeah. and I would highly recommend reading the article on the website right now but I've got a list here of all Liverpool's August signings since 2007. Um, and we're going to go through them year by year. Okay. And am I just going to rate them quickly as you go? And I, I, well, no, I'm yes. Cross no. with having a little bit of a guess as well. Um, so 2007 in August. Bear in mind 2007 was the summer where we signed Fernando Torres. We signed, I think we signed Lucas Leiva and we signed Ryan Babbel as well. We also signed... From Lons, 
for the princely sum of £1.35 million. French, I think. Goalkeeper. Charles. Itanje. Itanje. Boo. Emiliano Insua. Yeah, well, not a good career, just not Liverpool. Swap deal, though, with... Another club. Gabriel Paletta. Wow. Who had an even better career. Yeah. Um, Damien Plessis, we signed from Leon yeah, B. centre midfielder. Uh, yeah. Left footer. 450k. 2008, we signed just one player. It's not been a great start for the August signings, has it? No. Who did we sign in 2008 other than this one player? Uh, I don't know, but this is the one that we signed one player in the August period. This is quite decent, actually. 8.82 million, according to the information I have in front of me, from Espanyol. Left winger. Oh, Esper. You always talk Riera. about it. Albert Riera. Yeah, I wouldn't so. have said he was eight million. I don't know why. Yeah, maybe it's, maybe it's with inflation. Who knows? Um, so that was that was okay. Um, Two thousand and nine. Eighteen million pounds. This was the summer that we sold Zabi Alonso. Is this? It's not Robbie Keane, is it? Was he twenty million or something? Is it that summer? Um, sure. Two thousand yeah, two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Rafa's last season. Attacking mid, centre mid, Italian, king of the loans, uh, Alberto Aquilani. Oh yes, oh yeah, uh, which uh, theoretically was a decent signing, but he was injured. And I he, mean, yeah, it works he was theory. Yeah, uh, okay, two thousand and ten. This is not getting any better. Left back, two thousand and ten. Hodgie. Uh, it's probably uh, bald. It's more meters. <laughs> it's what is more meters? Al Conchesky. Paul Conchesky. Therefore, DM. Um, oh well, Poulsen and Jovanovic is it? No, Jovanovic was was a free, so he was tied up before that. This is actually a decent sign. Eleven point seven million centre mid, signed from Porto. <laughs> I don't know. Raul Morelos. Oh uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. he was okay. Um, Two thousand and eleven. <laughs> actually, this is probably this might be this might be the best one. I'll let you judge. Okay, another left back, seven point two million pounds. From Newcastle United. Uh, I should know this, shouldn't I, Enrique? Jose Enrique. A centre half for a similar fee. Sam from Nacional in I would I would guess Uruguay. Oh, I can picture it. Overhead kick, soul of a poet. He's six foot Sebastian Coates, yeah, correct. Yeah, and making his return to Liverpool on a free transfer from Cardiff City. <sighs> Oh, uh, Bellamy, Craig Bellamy, correct. So I that if I if I'm if I'm telling you that I think that's the best that's August we've had in ten years, yeah. 2012, actually, me, no, it, okay. Um, he definitely wasn't the Welsh savvy. <laughs> okay, Joe. Joe Allen, um, left w- w- winger, signed from Holland for three point six million pounds. Did he did he play more than a game for us? I'm not sure. I don't know. Usama. Oh. He's gone missing, Paul. Asaidi. He's gone missing. Correct. Um, defensive midfielder signed on loan from Real Madrid. On loan from Real Madrid. A DM. Mm. We signed a DM from Real Madrid on loan. Yeah, Turkish international. <sighs> Dortmund, former Dortmund. Yeah. Nori Sahin, yeah. correct. Yeah. And for £1.17 million, Another absolute dynamite signing. Centre forward. I'd completely forgotten his name. Me and Tom were talking about him the other day. I think he made one appearance for us and was just injured. Who did he come from? From Bayer Leverkusen. Do you know? Antoine, do you know? I can't fucking know. Bayer Leverkusen, 1.17 million, 2012. Who? No, he's asking me to repeat. Oh. I have no fucking... Yesel. Salmon Yesel! Well done! Amazing. 2013. Actually, you can make a case that this, in theory, should have been the best. Um, left back. Another one. From Valencia. On loan. Left back. I Valencia couldn't have told you if we got him on loan. But go on. Sissoko. Ali Sissoko. Great From show. From Valencia, was it? Yeah. There you go. Um, Centre half. £6.75 million. From Sporting Lisbon. Don't care anymore. I don't know. I only got rid of him in January this year. No idea. Portuguese. Same. Faster than Cristiano Ronaldo. I can see him. 
Oh, I can see him. Thiago Alori. Oh. And therefore, 17.1 million from PSG. Centre-back. Sacco. Mamadou Sacco. And on loan from Chelsea. Um, what position? Right winger. Currently right wing back. Oh, Victor Moses. Victor Moses. Um, 2014. Uh, right back on loan. Two-season loan. It ends in LO or something, doesn't it? It does. The guy's name. Could just sign for Newcastle. <laughs> Yeah, Sunderland last year. It doesn't matter. I, know, I, know, I, can, <laughs> I can see him and I know how his name ends and it's kind of like Moreno, but it's Javier. Still not there. Manchio. And the aforementioned 16.2 million left back from Sevilla. Alberto Moreno. And. A man who you almost jizzed on one of these couches over at the time. Mario. 18 million pounds. Mario. Mario Balotelli. No one in 2015. No one in 2016. No one in 2017. Thus far. Thus far. Um, doesn't so make for good reading. It doesn't make for great reading. So out of that, I would say... Who's been... Who's a good sign? And, relative, <laughs> and this is all relatively speaking. I'd say Insua, Riera. Insua wasn't a good sign. Uh, I don't know. Not for us. He had two months at the back end of one season. He played um, maybe. I, I I I would I would contest him. Never owned that left back there. He, but he did because he had no one else to play there. He played a full season at left back for the, us. The amount of left backs on that list says that he didn't, and they all come after him. This <laughs> is true. Um, so, but I would I would contend that Insue is a decent player because he's gone on another decent. He, he, he clearly was. He's not a good signing though, is it? It's not a good signing for us if they don't do well in us, but they do well somewhere else. Is Brad Friedel a good Liverpool signing? No, no. Allow me to. No, no. What I'm saying is, good play, good players that we've signed. It's not our fault that they didn't necessarily succeed. But I would, I would contend, Charles Atanje was was never going to be a Liverpool first choice goalkeeper. Um, Paul Konchesky was just dog shit from fucking from fucking day one. Similarly, Morales. Yeah. Okay, I'm stretching it. I, I, I know, I know. I'm stretching there's, it. There's Chris. been Kincheski, there's been Jose Enrique, there's been. There, there's two I think left it, backs I, after Nsua yeah, that we I mean, signed, yeah. and we had Risa at the time. I think a decent. I, I think what I'm saying is, and this is. Know that when I'm throwing Nsua into this, it's a sign of how fucking bad not, things are. It's not a good sign. Nsua, Riera, Morales, Bellamy, Joe Allen, Sacco. Would you class Sacco as a good no. signing? No. Not really. Not in the grand. I don't think we've had our 17 million worth over mm. how many years? Yeah, over four years. Yeah, no, he's not a good signing. He's a good player. <laughs> Let me have a look at the list. Go on. Right. I would say that Riera. Ooh. Bellamy. Well, hang on, Riera only played for a season. But he was good in that season. <laughs> and that would be. Be it. Those two is what I would say. So basically, Liverpool, <laughs> you've missed your chance to sign players. Yeah, absolutely. Don't, don't, be signing bo- don't bother signing anyone. Don't even bother with Van Dijk at this point. Um, so just quickly before we wrap up then, obviously, as always, we asked you for some uh, topics of conversation. We'll see if we can bash through one or two just quickly. The... As ever, if you want to interact with the show, please do use at the Redmen TV on Twitter. The... So there's a thanks everyone to, to Threads for Reds, to David Noonan, to uh, Nikhail Arumugam, who I'm going to get better at pronouncing the more I say it, to Stephen Carson, to Ian Young, to Mark Vickery, uh, to Retro Unlimbed, to Crazy Shady, to Neil Roskill, to some guy called Will, to Ian Taylor, to Matthew Owen, 91, Ben Davies. You know what, I can't do this forever, there's loads. Um, there's one I wanted to ask, and it was about, it's basically about the Hoffenheim game, Chris. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to, Say some words while I track it down because as as I've just kind of identified. It's like Tuesday, the Hoffenheim game. It's come round so quickly, hasn't it? Like I can't believe it's only three days after the first Premier League game. It's yeah, madness. It's it? and it what it's brought up to me anyway is the the crushing words. I'm 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 preparing some videos about like, for like season predictions and I'm making I can't I could make a Liverpool season prediction and it could almost be outdated seven days from now. Mm-hmm. Because if we if we are cataclysmically bad against Hoffenheim, then 
well, that's just a very different season in prospect for Liverpool, one way or the other. Absolutely, yeah. Mm. How are you doing your season prediction? It's not like a FIFA predictor where people are going to moan each way. Well, people are going to moan either way, aren't they? Because it's YouTube. Um, but oh, where is this question? Keep keep talking about. Have you done some research on Hoffenheim? Are you talking to Chris Williams about them? Um, yeah, we've talked to Chris about it. We watched them a little bit last season. I think everybody knows by now because it's it's all come out that they've got a really young coach and he's quite forward thinking and stuff, isn't he? Actually, I'm reaching out to a Derby fan this week because mm-hmm. Derby played them in a pre-season friendly. Um, so I'll hopefully be getting a little video with him, a, a bit of a preview for it, um, just to see how they lined up, what type of formation they played there and what they've been playing this pre-season and stuff. So should be quite interesting when we, if we can get that one over the line. Yeah, so I, I'm going to have to apologise to the person who sent the question in because I completely cannot find it. But I, in fact, I'll tell you what, Sam Milky Moses, what do you consider success this season? Top four and through the group stages enough, or should we expect more? No, I think for me, success is I'd be content with top four, but I think I need to see improvements, and not only in the points and the defence and the goals scored and the goals against and all that, but actually leapfrogging somebody in the league table as well. Um, you know, I want to see us finish first, obviously, uh, but you know, I want us to have a tilt at the title. Mm-hmm. I want us to put the pressure on this time. I want us to be there at the end of the season and look, if we aim for first and we finish second or, you know, even third, I think that would be a successful Premier League campaign. Mm-hmm. As far as Champions League, I'm not really I'm not really asked if we get through the group stages or if we don't, because I think the Premier League's more important. It's about yeah. solidifying and making sure that we're a Champions League club yeah. and we're viable to players when they're looking around Europe at different clubs that they could potentially go to. Is that making Liverpool one of those sides? Arsenal have had had Champions League football for 20 plus years I want Liverpool to be like that but I also want a cup and I'd rather (laughs) I'd rather us win the FA Cup than get through the group stages of the Champions League and and just come out because why? What, yeah. what, you don't get anything for getting through the group stages and getting knocked out in the next round. I'd rather win the FA Cup. Yeah, no, it's, it's an interesting point. Actually, and I, there's a, there's a, funny enough, it's very similar to the, the thinking I've had on this is that there's a sliding doors effect to Liverpool's season. And I would, honestly, if we got to the, we got to the round of 16 and we came up against a really good team and got valiantly knocked out or whatever, I would be fine with that because I want us to get out the group because... We didn't get out the group last time yeah. we were in the Champions League, and I know we had, you know, we ended up having a much harder group than we felt we had at the time. But there's something about if you if you don't get out the group, I think it's a failure. I think you could. There are so many amazing teams in Europe that you can come, you know, you can get to. The thing is, you get to the 16, and you could end up with a. I mean, I actually don't know the teams you're in, but you could end up with, like we've had in years gone by, you could end up with like a Benfica or you could end up with a, a team that's actually probably not too dissimilar to you in your own level. And all of a sudden, you're in the quarters. <laughs> if you get if you get what I mean. So getting out the group, I think should we should go hell for leather to get out to, to get out the group. And the good thing about it is, and, and I'm not sure a lot of people consider it, but in some respects, Man United being the fifth team in the Champions League this season could play to our advantage to some extent because everyone's got European football. This is not a season where us and Chelsea are not playing European footy. It's one of those where everyone's kind of going to be in a similar boat. Maybe it might preference Arsenal if they don't take Europa League properly properly seriously. Um, I don't think you can afford not to, though, can Exactly, you? exactly. So I... It's one of those that I think you'll be will be will be judged by that, and it'll all depend. Again, we've got to get through Hoffenheim, and I'm confident about them. I think when I saw the draw, I saw a lot of people getting dead upset about it or miserable about it, and I'm don't. It's not because I think it's the easiest draw. It's probably on paper the hardest draw we could have got out of the teams available to us. But I don't, yeah, I don't buy that Nice was a harder draw, by the way. Yeah, but it's I again just to put it on the flip side, all the Hoffenheim fans. Will have been looking at John and got oh for fuck's sake! Yeah, I said exactly the same in the news show on the, or in a match reaction on Saturday or whatever it was, and I was like, half an hour be gutted that they've pulled Liverpool out of that hat more so than we're gutted to, to get them. But look, listen, just going back to it, I I genuinely believe that the Premier League has to be the focus, and and it it would be for me. And having seen our squad through pre season and and today without any extra signings and stuff I do have question marks over whether this squad can compete in Champions League and Premier League mm-hmm. and I would preference the Premier League over yeah. that that's the tough thing isn't it is that what you're almost hoping to some extent is that all the English teams get out the group 
or one of them, you know, someone ends up in a in a Europa League, and then they decide they have to go and win it. Like Spurs have to have to go for the Europa League or something like that. I think they're the one most likely to to drop out, if I'm honest, of everyone. But the um, yeah, that I think that's that's that that's where you make that decision. I agree because it is. Look, we we say this all the time. You can go both ways on this, can't you? Liverpool should be in it to win it, you know. And I, I think you're right, realistically speaking. It's a big ask to go from, albeit European, a decent European campaign, to no European football, to the hardest European campaign, and and to maintain at both levels, given how competitive it is. But yeah, it might it might we might just be in that lucky situation whereby everyone else having to sacrifice things along the way. That this will probably be. If we went out of the groups, I think we'd be gutted and it would be a failure. But it might be one of those situations where, if we're the only team to go out, you could have a real, a real, t- I say, a real tilt at the title. But I, I just like to let, let, let yeah, go and worry about the fucking yeah. stress and fitness, fitness problem as it goes on. But I'm excited one way or the other, and I'm excited to see Hoffenheim because I'd, ra- I'd almost rather us have a good team than a shit team because I think we play better against big teams Absolutely. and big We've occasions. We've had some horrible draws in the, in, the, in the Europa League and the Champions League over the last 10 years and we always seem to do better against the teams that yeah. we're expected to do worse against. Yeah, absolutely. So just to go, it was actually Nick Kyle, a room whose name I even said, do you think the Champions League draw with Hoffenheim presents us with a, uh, a team we're best suited to play? I don't think that's necessarily true. I think they're going to play, they, they might defend a lot, which would be interesting to see, but we'll see. Uh, the fact of the matter is, I would much rather just have a German team with no one, with Klopp knowing what he knows about footy, and now that we've got, knowing we've got Roberto Firmino, etc., etc., than than anything else. But anyway, Chris, the season looms. I'm buzzing. Are you buzzing? I can't wait for just footy all the time. Proper footy. Proper footy. Yeah, we'll, uh, ask us again about that in the end of December, and we'll see. But right here, right now, while it all exists in uh, nothing but theory, it's all magnificent. Uh, thank you very much for listening to the podcast this week. If you want more Redmen TV goodness, exclusive podcasts, we do loads of shows a week, between three and five exclusive shows on the TV.com. There will be audio versions, so there'll be podcasts Loads of extra podcasts. If you want Liverpool-related podcasts, go to theredmentv.com. Sign up, £5 a month, um, for all of your Liverpool needs fulfilled and sexual needs potentially as well. Just saying. Uh, and for the video version of this podcast as well. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for voting. Reviewing? Why not? Five stars. Uh, walk on. Cheers. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.